On this episode of AV Week, Hetma is going to Avixa, CDW has experts, and Legrand does too. All that and more on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. This is episode 602, The Expert's Expert. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of all the news in the audiovisual world. I am your host, Brian Heidgergen. Tim is on cold medicine at home trying to recover from the late winter bug, so I get to sit in the host seat. Joining us this week is Ifat Chaudhary. She's the bid manager at Involve Visual Collaborations, founder of Diet AV and What If Podcast along with being on the Avixa UK Women's Council Committee and the Membership Committee. How do you find the time? I <laughs> do a lot of juggling. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We are also joined by Will Bear, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Crimson AV. Welcome, Will. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. And William Franklin, Event Technology Coordinator and President of Franklin DJ and Event Services. Welcome, Willie. Yes, indeed. It is great to be here all. Good to see everyone. It, someday we should do this in person. That'd be a lot of fun. My first question it has nothing to do with AV. It's just something I like to throw in there every once in a while. So when it comes to the seasons, we are in winter right now. So does winter end for you personally at the end of February, or do you follow the uh, astrological calendar of December 21st to March 20th, or are you a December to February for winter? When do you start saying it's spring? I was going to say I'm a spring baby, so yeah, I'm a March baby, so it's, yeah. The sooner the better. It's, it's March for me. March is a great month. Um, I have to agree. It is an outstanding month because March signals the time frame of which I must renew my annual fishing license with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. <laughs> okay. So the annual cycle yeah. <laughs> wraps up. And for me, the end of February, beginning of March, is the soundest signal for spring. For sure. When you bring fishing in, that's definitely single signal spring, I think. Um, I'd, I'd probably say the same. I, I guess March 1st for me is spring. Seems to be when the weather typically is changing around here and it feels more like spring. Although it's so cold here. We're supposed to get either 10 inches of snow or a lot of rain this weekend. They haven't decided yet. So One we'll, or the other. <laughs> we'll find out by Monday. So our first topic this week uh, comes from uh, an article we read in AV Network. The Higher Education Technology Manager Alliance has announced a partnership with, or actually a formal relationship with Avixa. Now, I don't know if this means they're Facebook official or um, it was just a, the formal relationship. I found that was funny in the, in the, in the release. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, uh, HETMA is a community of higher uh, ed tech managers. So it's people that work for our campuses and our colleges and universities. And it's a place for them to learn, uh, share knowledge with each other about the, the similar struggles 
that they all encounter in those jobs. And uh, having worked with higher ed uh, for most of my career, uh, there are some very specific challenges that they have on campus outside of what you'd normally see with technology needs in more of a commercial or residential environment. Uh, you know how doctors make the worst patients? Sometimes I think uh, instructors make the worst <laughs> students, but uh, we won't go there for that. Uh, so they're, they're going to have a presence at Infocom. They've got a booth. Uh, th this is going to be in addition to their award-winning uh, virtual summit that they have. Um, and so this is, this is a big step for them. So how important, my question, I guess, to start off with is, um, how important are these types of organizations for people that work in our industry, you know, that they're, they're specific to their core, what they work on? Hetmar, I think, as a, as a group, and the power they have because they are US-wide, the coverage that they have, and then the leverage in terms of buying power that that group will have is really significant for the industry and for manufacturers and for anybody who wants to sell into that sector. So that, that this is significant. And getting a 20 by 20 booth, some of the people they're buying from won't have 20 by 20 booth in, a, you know, in Infocom, sorry. So it, it is significant. And um, I spent quite a bit of time with uh, the HEPMA group at ISC this year, and they're absolutely fantastic. They are knowledgeable. They are committed to their sector and they're committed to negotiating on behalf of the, the wider group. Now, whether that means it's creating a bit of a silo in the industry, I don't know. I, I think that that's the danger when sometimes if you if if people become too um or, or too reliant on the group maybe they're not stepping outside of that if they're reliant on the group to decide well these are the approved manufacturers we're going to work with or these are the products that we recommend does it further down the line is that a consideration that they'll have to um probably address um but it's yeah i think it's it's great. We saw I saw quite a few of them doing their booth booth tours and um really engaging. Um I think it will make manufacturers and others potentially step up because they'll want their business. Well, and I think the scholarships are great too, because yeah. going to Infocom even once in a while is not a a small task financially, and especially for some of the Community colleges and small smaller uh, groups, and I'm not I'm not saying that state funded are unlimited budgets, but for everybody getting there at least once in a while can be eye opening to to what's out there and what's possible. I agree. Um, if I, I I must say, you touched upon a word that that triggered for me, and that was the whole notion of siloing. Uh, but to start off with, in response to the question of uh, Hetma and Avixa. Personally, I think it's a powerful union. And I've always been a strong advocate for uh, HEPMA and organizations like it because it's it's easy to become so specialized in what we do. You know, I worked 38 years in the higher ed environment. When you become so specialized, there are times indeed you can become siloed you know, with your own level of expertise. So when you have that collective of people who do what you do and that shared experience, 
it allows you to establish better standards, better procedures. It, it brings forth a series of different lenses that you need to apply to the field. So uh, as I think about the union of HETMA and AVIXA, that will only indeed enhance what we all work to achieve. And often having representation that lands to in the ear hole of manufacturers is difficult enough as an individual. So as organizations with that level of buy-in and that leverage, as you said, uh, is extremely powerful. And uh, and it's a, it's a wonderful combination of forces. Sure. You know, I was just thinking about it in terms of the show experience too for – for uh, customers that are focused on higher ed, you know, typically I'm at trade shows as a as a vendor manufacturer uh, exhibiting. But when I do go as a customer, you know, and you go with a specific need or a challenge that you're trying to solve, especially at the large shows like an Infocom can be spread out over, uh, you know, multiple exhibit halls in, in Vegas. Um, it, there and so many different verticals being represented. There's a lot to sort through. So I think having a Hetma there to help sort of focus your experience. It looks like they're going to do uh, booth tours and, and guided walks and things like that. I think it'll lead to a better experience for some of the uh, higher education, you know, make them more efficient and, and, and uh, better use of their time as opposed to wandering and looking, you know, trying to find those specific needs on their own. Well, and having uh, always attended Infocom from it as an integrator, uh, what really opened my eyes, and this is partially to Will and William, but the first time I went with a client and I wasn't with our group because we did booth tours together and it was a bunch of engineers and sales managers and sure. our vision and interest is completely different as opposed to walking the floor with a client and an end user and them going, ooh, that's really cool. Let's go over and see what that is. And it's like, I've never even seen that. You know, I haven't seen that either. Um, <laughs> the other struggle, and I, I think this is with a lot of industries, but uh, when I was in sales, something I did was is I, I got all of my colleges and uh, together, uh, whether they were state, community colleges, whatever, and I, I got them together once a year, and we did lunch as a group. And they, the first time, they're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're just going to talk about struggles. And this was back when the transition of how do we get rid of VCRs and DVD players <laughs> in the classroom. <laughs> um, so it, it was a while ago. But... but Watching that conversation of well, how are you guys doing this? Or, what do you do with the instructor that wants this? And sure. it was really just for me as a, someone that's an insider to the industry, it was eye-opening to the things that they were struggling with and the commonalities that they had, regardless of what in, what group that you know, what type of of uh, college or university they worked for, and. That was uh, pretty amazing for me. It made me a better person when I talked to other people in our, you know, that we were other end users and educated me in a way. Yeah. And so I think getting them together and walking the floor, I would love to walk along with them and just be like, oh, okay, they, they, they're interested in that. You know, I need to look into that and get better yeah. educated myself. You know, reading through this that, you know, a lot of other probably vertical industry associations will, will be keeping an eye on how this goes. And I think it makes sense for a lot of other yeah. uh, verticals to maybe try to partner in, in a similar way with a Vixen moving forward to just kind of draw attention and focus onto, um, you know, their manufacturers, their products, their industry for sure. Excellent. Excellent. You just kind of wrapped up what I was going to share. Okay. So. Uh, well, <laughs> back, back, back to Willie's point, though, that kind of helps break that silo up a little bit. 
right? Because you're getting that cross pollination of yeah. end users and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I would love to see the groups where, you know, the, 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 to be able to join that tour as an integrator. And, you know, there'd have to be some rules about, you know, you're not there to sell, you're there to listen right. and learn, right? Uh, and, and hear what their struggles are because we, as uh, you know, I come from the integration side, we kind of get siloed too of, you know, Hey, this works for this college. It should work for this other college. And it's like, well, but they, they may be slightly different. You know, their clientele is different. Their campus is different. Their culture is different and, and getting, taking the time to learn that and also be able to go answer those questions when a college, when one of your people called said, Hey, we're struggling with this. And you can go, ah, I was just working with this other university. Let me, let me put you in contact with them and you guys can talk together and then let me know how I can help. You know, that's a, that's a huge, you know, benefit, I think, for a lot of people. All right. Topic number two. That was good. Uh, that went really well. Um, topic number two. And we're, I, I'm, I'm sensing a theme here for this week now that we're getting into this conversation. So, um, this one comes from us, AV Nation. It was an article about Legrand AV unleashing their elite experts. Um, and this, they started this group back in 2020, which was, I don't know if everybody else feels like a decade ago at this point, but they have a solutions engineering team. And this is a group of experts that are, you know, from all walks of life and they are there to help you with your design questions and, and, and you know equipment questions when you're putting together your projects and and I know that as an integrator and a designer we've always been able to call the manufacturers and say hey can you help me with your design and there's some pros and cons to that that we can get into a little bit later but but there the thing that really caught my attention is is their their comment that they're not just specifying their gear they're truly mm -hmm. there to help you the person that's calling in for support with your projects and they will recommend other manufacturers, which is a huge thing, right? To be like, Oh, well, this is not our best deal. And I, it makes me think of a movie. There was a movie where the, the guy became super famous for going, Oh, well you need to go with this person's stuff. Mine's not going to do what you do. And, but that adds some validity to your expertise. Right? So, so I guess my question is, is this a big step for from our traditional manufacturer helping you design or is this just a, a, a small baby step in in an offering from a, a large manufacturer? You know, I, I think it's a big step personally. And when I first read the story, um, <laughs> I couldn't help but it, I'm laughing in support. I couldn't help but think about a children's organization where one of their principles is help me grow you know, and being an advocate for kids. So not that we're kids by any mean or pedestrian in our thinking, but when I think about the expertise that they're offering, clearly there is a, I wouldn't even say a niche market. There's a big market out there where we need that viewpoint. And I'll give you one example. Uh, back on one of the projects I was overseeing and managing, integrating technology in a nursing environment in a medical school. 
right? So you're creating these clinical lab environments where students will go into individual labs. They can examine patients, um, whether those patients are alive or really animated or automated mannequins. They were offered both. The faculty member could oversee that clinical exam via remote cameras. Everything's recorded. They can speak individually to the students or uh, to the students as a whole. That was the whole concept. While I had perfect skill set to choose and integrate the hard Kodaks, the aspects of uh, ceiling mounted cameras and microphones, there was a whole networking component to all of that that was well outside of my wheelhouse. And then there was a cloud storage component to all of that that was outside of my wheelhouse. And there was a security integration on the network outside of my wheelhouse. So I could attempt to task some of my colleagues on campus to, to help figure that puzzle out, or I could work with an organization like LeGrand AV and have at my disposal a series of experts that I share the project. Here's my goal, you know, help me grow, help me design this piece of infrastructure, uh, help me future-proof it. So two years from now, five years from now, eight years from now, I'm not ripping and replacing all of that technology at an exorbitant cost because it's dated. Uh, so clearly, being able to reach out to an organization and not just talk to someone who represents sales, you know, a vital part of what we do, but also someone who can speak from a design standpoint, from an end user uh, support standpoint, uh, from a, a whole integration picture from start to finish, uh, as well as warranty and, and that support after the sale. So uh, again, that whole aspect of help me grow just really permeated into my head in looking at that article. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, companies, uh, you know, become hybrid and start to offer services that support the hardware that they sell. You know, Brian, I agree that I think the big step is that they're they're doing this to support hardware that they don't sell and open it up to other manufacturers. But one of the other things that really caught my attention coming at it from the manufacturers and, and from a sales organization perspective, I think it was the last paragraph they talked about why are we doing this? And, you know, of course, the first reason was it's a value add for our resellers. But the second part of that was to gain insight into the industry and the products that we support. So, you know, I think in AV, most of us are selling products that are just a small part of the solution, especially for us, you know, in, in the mounting space, it's an accessory or it's a complementary product. So we're supporting displays and video conferencing technologies and all kinds of other stuff, you know, digital signage platforms. And it's, it's hard to stay on top of all that. And, um, you know, market research is very important, but a lot of times it gets pushed to the side. So it's almost like this initiative, it's, it's very clever. It's, uh, it's been a like on the job market research by being involved in these projects and all the different pieces that go together. So found that interesting for sure. Absolutely agree with that. And the word I was going to say was clever, very, very clever. Yeah. And the first yeah. thing that came yeah. to my mind was the Apple genius bar. Ah, good catch. Mm -hmm. Whatever issue you've got, you know, your phone's not working, you, you're not, you go into Apple and they solve it, whether it's actually an Apple issue or whether it's an end user issue, the loyalty that they have generated Apple as a brand. And this is a very clever take on the genius bar mm -hmm. where whatever the issue is, they'll build a loyal um, following of people who will say, I know I'm going to go and get impartial advice here because I'm, it's such a soft sell. And yeah. anyone mm -hmm. in sales wants to master the art of the soft sell. So 
I think it's a ridiculously clever move. Well, it, it, you have to be careful that they're not overly steering stuff to their, you know, you, you, you're impartial, right? And there can't be any favoritism or or recommending this something that's not going to fit. But to what you just said, the Apple Bar, I was thinking, you know, who does the expert ask? You know, who who's the expert's expert? <laughs> and and that's something when uh, you know when we're coaching new designers, th there's this mentality of oh, I need to know it all because I'm the designer. You know, I, I'm. And to Willie's point, you know, he he was the go-to person on campus for, and it's like, well. I know a little bit of this and that and this, but putting it all together and, and having that, that person that you can call and say, I, I, let me run this by you. What, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing out there? And it's refreshing when somebody says, I actually don't know what the solution is. I'm going to reach out to my network. It's really refreshing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very clever. I think it's, yeah, very clever. And they're definitely going to benefit, like you, like you said, there's that soft sell, right? Because you're offering this. Well, of course, they're going to, like well you know they, they help me out I'll, yeah, I'll i don't do want you to buy from me in middle atlantic and <laughs> yeah 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 you don't have to buy from me you probably should but you don't have you know and, You're going and, and to. that's the because we're <laughs> but you don't have to because we're all getting worn down with being sold to all the time yeah. right and and i think if they do this right it's it's going to be an easy easy sell for their other services so which leads us into our next topic of adding services, right? CDW, uh, which is a behemoth. It's, I think it's got probably some of the biggest name recognition of anything in our industry because they're beyond our industry, really. Yeah. Uh, but there was an article in uh, My Tech Decisions this week. Uh, CDW is acquiring consulting firm Locus Recruiting. Uh, and, and they specialize in information security, cloud computing, networking, and infrastructure, which are all things that you can purchase through CDW, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So they're, and they have other services before this, and they're, they're just building that catalog. And so I guess when I was reading this article, my, my thought, again, being an integrator is, is as our industry matures, consolidation is a natural function of maturity, mm -hmm. right? You start, the, the mom and pop shops start dropping off and you start getting more consolidated. Uh, is the future distributors are the consultants and integrators or, or, and I'm not saying completely, like every integrator will get bought up by a distributor, but is this something, because the CDW is not the first distributor to start branching out from being the box house supplier to, oh, well, we can ask for these other services, warranties, design expertise. Mm -hmm. So is this where we're going? I know it's kind of future predicting, Will, but what's your crystal ball say? Yeah, I think so. You know, I'm coming at it from the sales perspective. Um, you know, there there have been these studies that have shown that in this kind of current environment, mostly largely due to the Internet. Um, about 70% of the, the buying decision is done before someone even talks to a salesperson because they can get so much information at their fingertips on the Internet. So, you know, organizations really have to adapt and change their sales paradigm. And, you know, expertise and insight becomes more important to the sales process than ever. Um, you know, those same studies also have shown that um, – one of the instances where a customer is still very willing and anxious to talk to a salesperson is when 
the 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 sale is perceived to be you know really complex or it's new to them or there's there's really big risks associated with it. So I think that's one of the, the topics that they hit in that in that news release or that article is that you know they they purchased Locus Consulting to help their customers navigate some of those really complex IT deployments. So it kind of fits uh, right into that strategy. And uh, you know, like you said, we're already seeing it in other in other places, and I think it'll continue to grow beyond this. It won't be the first; it's not the first, and it won't be the last for CDW. And then competitors will be will be doing the same for sure. I mean, uh, touches back to the previous article with Legrand. That's it's very similar to what they're doing, and actually, you know, it's very similar things that we're doing as well. So, be the expert first, and worry about and the sale will help it will come along naturally. Yeah, be a be a problem solver. Help them identify problems that they didn't know they had, and then be the person that positions solutions. Yep. I think it's also. I think again, it's another clever alliance because of understanding their customers' pain points. If they're having to go to a, a different supplier for one service, and 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 then those suppliers, two suppliers aren't talking to each other. Well, if it's all under one roof, you're removing those mm-hmm. pain points. You have one account manager who is actually going to deal with all of those issues for you. Again, it's a really clever. And and I agree uh, with Will. It, we're seeing it. There are, there are other, there have been some acquisitions over the last couple of years that are, are very much lending themselves to both in the UK and in the US um, to this kind of model of working. And there's a lot of complexity in what we do, even talking to non, you know, like when I talk to architects and architecture groups, one of the questions I get is, is, you're low voltage, but what does that, there's so much that falls under that category. There's so much that falls under technology. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things at industry events is to ask people, what's your 10 second elevator thing to explain what we do. And, and it's tough because it's so broad, you know, but, but there are parts depending on who you work for and the company, you know, they're like, well, we do these parts, but not these parts. And then, you know, oh, well we do it all, you know, and, and that's one of those struggles that as an industry we have. And so, of course, our clients and our, our, our end users struggle with, well, do I call you about this or is that not your thing and I only call you about that? And so having a CDW or the big distributors, the Legrands out there to where it's like they're so broad. It's like, oh, yeah, just call us and we can funnel you down the path that you need. You know, and, and I see... I see their alignment with CDW as kind of the uh, back of the house performer, uh, if you will. So they're not on stage. So you'll get that level of expertise, but it comes by way of that salesperson or that sales engineer. Um, You know, technology is so ubiquitous everywhere, all the time, all around us. But we really don't know all the granular interconnected components, if you will. Getting systems to play together well, I think, has always been a challenge. Uh, Some things have uniformly connected and run seamlessly. Others require talking to seemingly 17 people to get one task done Mm -hmm. because everybody has a little piece of the puzzle to get this component to handshake with that component. Uh, So I, I don't know or fully understand Locus's role with CDW, just, you know, reading the article. So it'll be interesting over time to see how they work. Uh, In my past interactions with CDW and and their team have been absolutely wonderful. 
but there were times that there were deficits when you needed something that that person you were talking with didn't have the expertise. And of course, we know none of us could be experts in everything. So having that base to go to uh, from a cloud standpoint, from a security standpoint, uh, knowing the scope of the work um, that surrounds a lot of our projects, it's refreshing. But again, I'm waiting to see what that that working environment looks like, that collaboration looks like. Uh, back of the house performer, you know, the person mixing on lighting, sound, uh, the stage, the bubbles coming up, or front of the house, the person in sequence, in high heels, uh, and spandex, you know, putting on the show. Who, who knows? But it'll be interesting to see it. Well, anytime there's an acquisition, that's tr kind of one of the tricky parts, right, is to get them to fit into the, the existing organization, but not diminish, destroy, or, or harm the expertise that they were brought in to handle. And I, I wonder what it means for the smaller organizations or even the medium-sized organizations who are not acquired and, and how that impacts the industry and the kind of choice we have, whether we're, we're actually creating this much, much smaller pool. Mm -hmm. um, because there has been a lot of acquisition in the last couple of years. And, the, and, the, and that was actually one of my next questions. Oh, sorry. Was perfect is, you know, there, there are, no, no, it, it's perfect because it was one of the things that I was thinking of too is, is yeah, there's this consolidation, but that's also, there's a big risk there, right? Because um, the bigger the companies that are out there, you know, you look at the most recent top 25 integrators, those big ones out there, they're chasing big projects. But if you're a small community college in rural, you know, Iowa or whatever, are, what, whether it's true or not, I think the impression is, is like, well, that's a big company. They're not going to want to deal with our little three classrooms a year projects. And so mm. they either try and do it themselves and aren't happy or, and so that's, how, how do we fight that concern as an industry? And I don't think we're going to all become one monolithic company, at least not in my lifetime. But uh, you need to bit. say that with a bit more force. Not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to live. You know, there's, there's new stuff coming out every day. I can get new, knee replacement surgeries out there. You know, who knows? Might get a whole new body. But you know, the other thing is the, the other side of that is you there are some fantastic small companies out there who are really good at what they do and they're not set out to be the CDWs. But they're very good at what they do, and there's a danger that we lose that expertise where they can't compete. Um and especially yeah. current climate, you know, economically as well, they can't you know, they can't or, or they just can't meet the, the requirements. And it's it would be a shame to to lose that, I think. Well, I think the smaller firms kind of do some of the riskier stuff sometimes yeah. be, just because they have to, yeah. right? They don't have the CDW pocketbook to go, oh, well, we could just throw this product at it. And you have to be a little bit more creative sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I recently went to a community theater yeah, and it was just in the small room. It was three people on stage, but because of that limitation, it was actually a better experience than having a full blown uh, set. You know, and, and it was turn on a light. We're focusing on this side of the stage. 
turn the light off. Now we're going to focus on this side. But it was it was very. Uh, I mean, you were in the play. Immersive. There was no. Yeah. yeah, very immersive. Thank you. And, and yeah, which is a different experience than going to a full on Broadway play where there's lights and there's music and there's dancers everywhere. And they both have their value, right? But you kind of have to know what what am I what do I need? What am I looking for? I guess the other issue there is. If you're going to a big Broadway show that that commands a ticket price, you know that you're paying however much for that ticket and you're expecting to see everything. And going to a local production in a small room, you know the ticket price is going to reflect that. Unfortunately, our smaller businesses are still having to pay. Sometimes they have to pay more for the products that they're, you know, and, and the components that mm. they're, and, and so the service isn't always it doesn't mean just because they're small that they can so that that's the bit that i think has become harder for smaller organizations over the last few years um is the buying power because that you know components cost what they cost yeah and, and you bring up a valid point uh when is bigger not better uh you know when it negatively impacts those smaller organizations or it becomes so large that it can't afford to fail, mm -hmm. uh, that there's so much in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, volume discounting is a real thing. And when you're a small entity, uh, that becomes a bit more challenging when you can't get that job squared away as quickly as you would like because you don't have that volume buying opportunity or you don't have the opportunity to warehouse as much as you need to satisfy your your customers or even looking at the mm. workforce you, you know if you have to scale down that workforce and don't have the ability to scale it up to meet some of the demands uh, again you know you're working with a bit of a deficit um, and deficit doesn't necessarily mean um, negative uh, it just means maybe you're chasing it a little harder, but you get the job done just as solidly as, you know, the, the larger entity that's out there. Possibly more solidly. Yeah. You know, and, and I think in the end, it really still boils down to that customer experience. Uh, you know, will you get that call back? Will you get increased sales? Will you get the value of word of mouth uh, as a viable piece of your advertising and, and ultimately your revenue because of the quality of work that you bring forward, large or small? And that always important return business. You know, you might go with the big player the one time, yep. but if the experience isn't what you expected or wanted, then you start shopping for someone that's a little bit more focused on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, had that experience on my campus. Um, it's not unusual, especially in today's climate, that you have security cameras in businesses, college campuses, certainly in banks and, and, and other aspects. And one of the uh, companies that came in to integrate, um, I mean, they, they truly walked in with a lot of vibrato, vibrato, you know, boasting their size. You know, we're the company. And and while they had a huge market share and, to my knowledge, still maintain that, it was because they walk in the door with such confidence that they felt they had no competitors. It just didn't land well. In other words, it had nothing to do with their product, had everything to do with their salesmanship, and it had everything to do with feeling as though we were not valued as a client. So 
the smaller shops were able to land that contract, do a very effective job for us. Did we pay a little bit more? You know, yes, we did, because again, their buying power volume discount wasn't as high. But the service after the sale, the integration, the relationship that was formed is absolutely rock solid. Um, so uh, there's something to be said uh, about understanding what the client needs versus the client understanding you're big and powerful. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a balance there somewhere, right? Everybody wants to get bigger mm -hmm. and grow, but, you know, the customers want to feel like they're, you know, a partner you know, a customer, not just an account number, you know, and like, where is that tipping point where you get so big that you can't have that sort of personalized, um, you know, feel to your service, basically. And it's important for the, to, to, to Willie's point, um, sometimes it's not just about the price, right? Because CDW is clearly going to get a bigger discount than someone buying from CDW and trying to compete against CDW. Sure. But but there's that after the fact, you know, oh, they're 20 minutes away. Their office is 20 minutes away from our campus. We know they can get here quickly. Um, I work with a federal government client, and one of their complaints is always that because of their contracting rules and, and, and restrictions, a lot of their projects are done by out-of-state entities. And then it's, oh, well, they have to jump on two planes to get here you guys are 20 minutes away and, and we're like, yeah, we're 20 minutes away, but you know, there's these hoops that have to be jumped thrown through and we get a lot of service work for that. And, and there's, there's other avenues to do that, but, but there's, there's value, right? Um, when I was in sales, I would lose to one of those out of state people. And then they would call me up and say, Hey, we won this contract. We want to sub through you. And it's like, you beat me. I can't do it for less than what you beat me for. So, how are you making money by hiring me to go do the job you just won? Um, but you know, I've never claimed to be a brilliant business mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're here. That means you're successful uh, or available, <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's the term right now. I keep hearing the best ability is availability. So, availability. you know, yeah. I, I have that availability. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys. This is a great conversation. I, I, I'm really impressed because when I read the three articles, they did not go together as well as our conversation did. It was yeah. just, it was really for me, I'm like, this all links up together, you know? Well, yeah. If you think about it, Hep Hepmer are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. You know, get, getting physical with Elixir is exactly the same thing as the others are doing. So what you're saying is, is when we work together, everything gets better. Or does it? <laughs> well, if we're truly working together. <laughs> It takes a team. It takes a village. There's a, I'm sure there's a, a proverb in there somewhere. How do people find you online? So uh, my Twitter handle, which is where most uh, of the AV community see me, is Ifsi. Um, and so, and often people call me Ifsi as well. They think it's my name, but it, I respond to that. It's cool. Um, but I'm also it's good marketing. <laughs> if they think it's your name, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Ifat Chowdhury, and um, my podcast What If is on. YouTube, uh, the links are in my uh, LinkedIn profile, so you can find me. Which is a great name for a podcast. Thank you. What if uh, that is I, I with your name and everything? I'm like that is perfect. That, Thank you. That is brilliant. Willie, where do people find you? 
Uh, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, Willie Franklin, and uh, via email at franklindjservices at gmail.com. Awesome. And right. Will? Yep. I am just on LinkedIn at William D. is and David Bear. And I was able to find all three of you today, so it's, it's, it's easy to do. Um, reach out. I, I thank you again for joining us this week and uh, have a great week and we will see you next time. Oh, my God.